This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Thank you so much for joining today's episode. My name is Ali Mwakaneno. I'll be your host. So today I want us to talk about cybersecurity. We all know that with the coronavirus, many guys are working from home and that has changed landscape of cybersecurity for many companies. With me on the show, I have David Baer, who is the group chief digital officer for Liquid Telcom. And David will talk about cybersecurity in Kenya and Africa, how the coronavirus has changed cybersecurity and the future of cybersecurity. And I feel like this is the right time to have this conversation with David because Liquid Telcom just launched their cybersecurity arm. And I can't wait to hear more from David on this. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks very much. I uh, appreciate being on a podcast today. Thank you. You're welcome. So, David, where are we in matters cybersecurity in Kenya and Africa? Well, um, we're at a, I guess, early stages of it, um, but one that is becoming increasingly relevant. You know, as Liquid Telecom builds out its fiber network across Africa, we're improving the connectivity to many people and many businesses. But at the same time, we are enabling enterprises through our uh, high-speed fiber network. We are also enabling, unintentionally, of course, the malicious actors. And uh, that therefore makes it easier and a bigger target for Africa because we've jumped very quickly to high speed. It makes it easier for them to access that data quickly. Um, and therefore, we have to be even more vigilant than before. It's, it's certainly true that Africa is becoming a big battleground for cybersecurity. And what exactly are some of the cybersecurity threats that face different companies in Africa today? And great and honor to be part of your... We've actually done a bit of research on this, and um, I think we can talk to some of it. We see very often uh, a lot of simple things that are creating a lot of these problems today. For example, simply having incorrect or simple passwords. I think 77% is the statistic that we see there um, of attacks coming in that way. 19% of attacks are created by misconfiguration in the cloud. Um, and we're seeing a lot of social engineering attacks. So that's things like phishing, smishing, uh, et cetera, where uh, people are enticed to click on unsafe links to basically give away their passwords. And then that backdoor access is then used to get that data out of organizations. So on the threats that you talked about, things like phishing, backdoor access, and social engineering, how does Kenya compare with other countries in the region and in the world in terms of the nature of the threats? as well as the preparedness towards this threat. In the Kenya market, we see a really very similar to the rest of Africa and rest of the world. There are obviously some local variations, but generally speaking, the attacks are a global nature because people are using global cloud services and therefore a lot of this is happening on that infrastructure. And so people are basically re-engineering or reusing a lot of the malicious content that they had before across the rest of the world and are now uh, using it in the Africa context. So we see really full set of uh, types of attacks in Kenya. I think the Kenyan ICT market is maturing very quickly. It's leapfrogged a lot of the legacy systems right into the cloud. We see a lot of companies that are born in the cloud from day one. Um, they build all the infrastructure in the cloud. 
they are remote, they've got people working in a distributed fashion. And therefore, because um, Kenya has done a bit of a leapfrog in terms of cloud adoption, it didn't have a lot of the legacy on-prem stuff, as you've seen some of the other countries in general, you will actually see that a lot more attacks have been happening um, as a result of that. So as a result, I think the cybersecurity market in Kenya is having to do a lot of catch up on that. Thank you so much for telling us uh, where we are. But then now we have we have COVID-19, of course, and I believe that has changed cybersecurity, right? All of a sudden, guys have started working from home. And in my opinion, I feel like this has sort of decentralized how many companies perceive cybersecurity. How does, or rather, how has COVID-19 and working from home changed the landscape of cybersecurity in the region? So it's changed it. It's accelerated it. I wouldn't say it's changed the landscape, but it's certainly accelerated it. And we see that in the adoption of cloud, um, a lot of businesses were set up to do their collaboration work uh, within their buildings, so on campus. And as a result of C19, a lot more work from home has occurred. And therefore, companies have had to very quickly enable their cloud collaboration suites. For example, Microsoft Teams, Microsoft Office 365 are very good examples. So whereas a lot of companies have had plans to roll these out over time, that has been accelerated. And as a result of that acceleration, it's put additional constraints or pressure, if you like, on the infrastructure that's in place. Because historically, businesses have spent money making a great big secure fat pipe into their offices. And now suddenly all of their team are working from home. So they have to worry about the connectivity to their employees at home. But more so, they have to contend with the lack of visibility that they get with those employees working at home. They're not on the corporate land, so you can't see what's going on there. As a result, you end up bringing in VPNs, particularly legacy VPNs that are used today to take all of that data from your device back into the corporate network and then out to the cloud which is not a very good approach for a cloud-first, uh, mobile-first environment. What are some of the impacts due to the COVID-19 accelerating the threats of cybersecurity? The biggest impacts that we see is a increase of uh, phishing attacks, an increase of uh, uh, password insider compromise, largely because the lack of visibility to IT teams of what's going on on those devices remotely. Remember, people are now working remotely at home, at coffee shops, et cetera, and so outside of the visibility of IT. You know, as a result of that, attacks are easier to come through. And in fact, all of the malicious actors have realized that with this working from home, because companies have had to ensure that their enterprise data is accessible to staff being remote, a lot of companies have perhaps been a bit too lenient on their security measures. So in other words, to be able to get work done. And a lot of uh, malicious actors have realized that and have leveraged this time to do an increase in the number of attacks on individuals working from home. As a result, those individuals become compromised. They are now given the legacy treatment of the typical IT teams where they protect data based on where you are on the network, not who you are i.e. you get privileged access because you're on campus on the corporate LAN or on the corporate VPN, it means that those compromised insiders that previously would not have been compromised, they hadn't been working outside of the corporate campus, they have now been compromised and they are now within your network. 
either within a VPN itself or when they come back from uh, working from home, they're back in the uh, corporate LAN and they are now indistinguishable from a employee, even though they have been compromised. So in a sense, the working from home has enabled those compromises to happen on a larger scale and more easily and go longer undetected. I think one of the statistics we talked about today is it can take up to 280 days to discover and recover from a data breach. So those compromised individuals are now going back into the corporate firewall and causing havoc there because their accounts have been um, compromised. Going forward, how are companies like Liquid Telecom making sure that they help businesses secure the information with people working from home and uh, with people adopting cloud-based services right now? Okay, great. So we've got a a bit of a framework that we would like to have people think about. Um, So securing your people is our first area. You know, your employees and your staff are by far the biggest attack surface in any organization. They are very susceptible to social engineering, as I just previously discussed. And what we want to do is help you think about how you can leverage your staff to stop being an insecure attack surface and start to become part of your security team. So by training them and giving them the ability to be contacted at the time that they do something that is not safe, um, we are able to turn them into, uh, if you like, cybersecurity vigilantes uh, who help keep you secure. That's the first thing. The second area that we want to help you with and to think about is secure access. How do you ensure that your data is being accessed securely by your staff? and by your customers um, and other partners. So regardless of where you are, regardless of what device you're on, regardless of where you are on the network, we will enable you to access that data securely. So that is the secure access, that VPN replacement, that legacy replacement um, of VPNs. And then the next thing is secure systems. How do you manage your threat intelligence? You're going to have a lot of telemetry data coming at you. Um, from all the different devices and all the different systems you have in your network. How do you ensure that you can get uh, the right event information at the right time to the right people? And we use a lot of machine learning, AI, et cetera, around that to be able to achieve it. So that's your system. So really the three things that we want to focus on uh, now at Healthy Businesses is securing your people, securing your access, and securing your systems. I want us to talk about the future of, of cybersecurity. As we continue to sort of go through the pandemic and even in future, will the nature of threats and the resilience measure change? Yeah, absolutely. Um, This is a very, very fast, rapidly evolving field. Um, Most certainly will change um, as attacks change. We have to make sure that our mitigation exercises that we have are able to cope with that. So most certainly will be changing. I think the things that you're gonna see it changing in the largest areas is a lot around the automation of operations of security. So how do you automate a lot of these systems and automate the responses to it? And that really all comes down to things like machine learning, AI, uh, using the cloud itself to analyze that data uh, and extending your security operations team into the cloud and using the best that you can get out of the cloud to give you the answers that you need. So I think we're going to see a lot of change happening there because the volume of attacks will increase, the volume of information is increasing, and your ability to tie down to exactly where a particular threat originated, uh, 
the root cause analysis of a particular breach, doing that quickly and shutting it down quickly, identifying it quickly, those are going to be key for you to do. So we're going to see a lot more uh, sophistication coming and a lot more automation thanks to the power of the cloud and AI and machine learning. How will the emergence of new technologies like AI and machine learning change the future of cybersecurities, both in terms of threats and in terms of the interventions which companies like Liquid Telecom, Telecom provide? This is, a, this is a very new area and you're learning it as we go along, but as those attacks become more sophisticated um, and the volume grows, you're going to start to see benefits from large big data solutions where you are actually gathering information about attacks globally on global infrastructure and therefore being able to patch your systems before that attack reaches you. And that is another benefit that you get from the cloud is a lot of these global providers now are able to access events that are happening globally and use that information down to you as an enterprise. How can we help use the enterprise, close your holes before you even know um, attack is going on globally? So I think that is one of the big trends that you're going to see at the moment is how uh, you, big data and uh, sourcing events globally can actually make a big impact locally. And that's really the importance of using these big global platforms because the expertise that you've got in them um, and the data you get in them is something you would never be able to replicate uh, either by a company like Liquid Telecom or by an enterprise uh, customer of ours. You know, no business is now today going to be immune from these attacks and you're going to find the cyber criminals going after smaller and smaller businesses. And for small businesses, it's exorbitantly expensive for them to have a security team. They won't have one. They need to outsource that. Hence the need for automation, the need for us to create systems that are easy for people to use. And that, I think, uh, for small and medium businesses across Africa, it's probably one of the biggest challenges that we have today. Does um, Liquid Telecom offer uh, different services for startups that would be bootstrapping or startups that are just pulling up the funds and the systems together to protect their information vis-a-vis -vis of companies that are already established? Yeah, so we really do focus across the entire enterprise. We also have a innovation platform uh, and program called GoCloud. That is our innovation hub, um, startup advice area. We get funding um, from various partners for GoCloud. Do offer services to any size business. For startups themselves, um, there's actually an enormous amount of tools available, either for free or at a very low cost, built into the major cloud platforms. So to the extent that they're using Microsoft Office, Microsoft Azure, AWS, et cetera, which we all do provide to sell to our customers, there's a lot of security built into that, even at the basic level. All right. Thank you so much for sharing. And um, guys, thank you so much for joining today's call. We'll be able to get more information on what Liquid Telecom has to offer on cybersecurity through an article that we'll be sharing, as well as information that's already shared on the Liquid Telecom site. Uh, thank you for tuning in. David, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, appreciate it.